If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is personal. Personal, personal, personal. Take it personal. (laughs) With my co-host, as always, Mr. John Small. Welcome. What's up, Mr. Lene? How are you? My daughter was listening to, uh, I I had to listen to to the Schooly D show again, and I was listening to my daughter. She was making fun of my intro. Really? Why do you say boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen? That was funny. You know what? Kids, they can't (laughs) handle anything. You're probably the coolest father. I mean, come on. You're you're interviewing Schooly D. Let, Let me find any of her other friend's dads and do a podcast with the interview schooly d she doesn't care, she doesn't care if right? i was the, if, if i was interviewing bieber i'd be like the superstar but right that's true they don't they don't care and by the way schooly d's kids probably don't care that he's schooly d because that's just the way kids are <laughs> you're right that's true <laughs> that's true well i just want to say congratulations to new york new york new york i read a really funny meme so new york governor cuomo legalizes cannabis hoping for widespread memory loss after his latest scandal. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. So, yeah, that was pretty exciting about New York, huh? Yeah, what, 16th state to legalize? 16th state to legalize marijuana. What's going to happen to all the bike messengers who are delivering weed in New York and always have been? That's... (laughs) Where you get weed, what happens to their job, man? It's like, true. Uh, what does happen? It goes to away. Guys? Well, it's kind of like what happens to all those illegal dispensaries in LA when legalized. They still turns out they still, <laughs> they still exist. operate. Yeah, they still, they nothing just ha- doesn't change. Nah, nothing changes until they start enforcing. I mean, I think we talked about in a previous show. There's a real reason why they have this black market is because I just placed an order from a delivery company. My bill was sixty seven dollars. Wow. My overall invoice was $105. Wow. So the amount of taxes and fees were 40%. If I'm doing my math, I'm bad at math, somewhere around there, right? Right. So it, it was like, that's how much you have to pay. So how are you going to make any money? How are you going to make a profit if you're paying that much in, in taxes and stuff? So, you know, black market dispensers are here to stay until they figure it out, I think. Just as bike messengers are here to stay. It's like, you know, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're it's going to be the same going. issue. It's going to be expensive to buy weed. It's going to be highly regulated. People aren't going to be near, living near dispensaries. And who knows? Those guys aren't going anywhere. They'll, they'll always figure out a way around it. But it'll be, maybe maybe um, New York will figure out a way to deal with the illicit market in a better way than California has, because they certainly haven't figured it out. Well, I got to say, I'm pretty excited that we don't have a guest today. I love when we have guests. It's the best. But I miss the, I miss our report. the OG. I've yeah. missed you. I've, I have. Yeah. I'm always like, when is this guy person going to get off so I can talk to Len? No, it's not true. I love our guests. <laughs> but it's true. Like, we haven't had just a, a one-on-one shoot the shit episode in, yeah. a, in a minute. So yeah. I have to tell you a story. So, and this is something to share with our audience as well. I was invited to this mastermind. So what they did was they invited a bunch of different cannabis, I don't know, experts. I don't really consider myself an expert. Like people have been in the industry for a long time and have experience in whatever they do. They invited like 30 people. And I think only 18 showed up, but it was great. It was three hours, but very, very intense. But uh, so we got chance. It's all on Zoom. 
and we get a chance to talk about what everybody's doing. And I learned a lot of interesting things about cultivation because that's not really my forte. Right. And it got really deep in the weeds, pun intended. And then uh, <laughs> I had a, we had breakout rooms. And uh, there was a guy, a very, very, very knowledgeable cultivator, like really understands the plant and the environment, the plants and what they do and their efficacy. And we started talking to me. He's like, oh my God, I didn't even know this even existed. So that goes to show that, you know, Endocana Health does not do a very good job of marketing ourselves because people don't know whether we exist. But so you fired you fired your marketing person, then you get back. Well, we already did that previously because <laughs> it, it didn't it didn't work out. So we have to do a better job in getting the word out about EndoDNA. But the thing that I started telling them about, I said people have these sometimes adverse effects, and people don't talk about it. And so we talked about this in the show, uh, you know, many times before that people have these adverse effects. And your DNA can guide you in that. So the guy goes, hey, man, I, I'm just blown away because I have Tourette's. Hmm. I have Tourette's syndrome. And I obviously had Tourette's all my life. And his story is he's one of the first compassionate care patients under uh, in California. This was back in 1998, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they had Compassionate Use Act. As a teenager, his mom took him to the doctor. And the doctor actually suggested cannabis. Hmm. You know, and, and his mom was like, no way, you know, it's uh, you're, you're fry your brain and this is crazy, but they couldn't find anything else because the medication was making him feel bad. And he went and, uh, and finally gave in and, uh, and it worked. Wow. It worked great. And then he started cultivating and he became a great cultivator. And then one of the things he was telling me about, he goes, man, I've had so many bad experiences trying to find what that is that works for me. Because mm. if you take the wrong thing, it actually exacerbates the symptoms yeah. of, of uh, Tourette's. And then sometimes it creates serious physical tics and all these stuff. So all the things that, that Tourette's can express, it actually highlights those things if you're consuming the wrong thing. And he goes, it took me years to dial in mm. what it is. And he goes, I'm very, very careful consuming anything outside of what I cultivate because I already know what works for me. And he goes, this is a godsend. If, if people can actually know in advance of what is it going to consume, uh, it's extremely helpful. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm just going to define Tourette's uh, syndrome. So it's a nervous system disorder involving repetitive movements or unwanted sounds. It starts in childhood. I, I know that people have heard it, it can be a funny for the for the person that hears it, it can be a funny right. uh, syndrome. Like Not somebody, so funny for the person who has to experience. Yeah, it, like somebody got fuck shit. You know, I've I've heard many people uh, like Howard Stern used to have a guy that was on uh, with, with Tourette's. He used to compete with like Stuttering John for for airtime, and Howard yeah. found the other I guy. I used to have a neighbor funnier. in New York, Manhattan, that had it. He would yell at his door when I would come in. Yeah, motherfucking fucking fight. You know, <laughs> and I'd be like, holy shit! At first, I didn't realize what was. I thought this guy hated me, and then I realized what was happening. It's Tourette's. It yeah. was Tourette's. And, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Kind of a high-profile Tourette's case because I Tourette's comes in all forms. You know, yeah. we know about the verbal one, but there's also kind of a neurological tics, um, yeah. like uh, facial tics. And I don't know if you watched the new Billie Eilish documentary, which I highly recommend. Um, yeah, my daughter watched it with her mom. Okay, so, so you didn't watch didn't, it. She didn't spend time watching it with, with me, but I did see clips of it. And she's, you know, she's very open about her Tourette's, and you really see it in the yeah. documentary. She has more of the facial tic kind of Tourette's, but it's kind of like, wow, okay, that's going to bring it to light because millions and millions of people that love Billie Eilish and are now aware yeah. of Tourette's. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad she talked about that. And so you're absolutely right. I, I didn't finish the definition, but you're, you're right. It's on what it sounds, ticks, uh, repeating, blinking the eyes, uh, shrugging the shoulders, blurring out offensive words. Mm. Uh, treatment may include medication or psychological therapies or cannabis. So that was one conversation. And by saying this openly to the group, there was another person who was talking about pain. He was saying that, you know, cannabis is supposed to be good for, for pain, uh, THC especially, because it can block the receptor as an analgesic. But then, you know, some people were saying it actually enhances pain. Uh, wow. So finding the right thing. Uh, and the last thing I want to say about this, and I'm not going to mention the doctor's name, this uh, doctor invited me to do a talk to her patients and other people who are interested in, in her practice and, and things that they, they do with cannabis. So I came in and I did this talk. And one of the things I talked about was that some people have a genetic predisposition to dependence 
uh, on THC mostly in terms of cannabis. There's a gene for it. It's very rare, but some people have it. So she pulled me aside afterwards. I, I hope I didn't give away who it is by saying she. And, and, all right. Okay. She, this person pulled me aside afterwards and gave me a talking to and said that she would prefer that I don't speak about cannabis dependence with people who are already concerned about cannabis. And I said, well, I'm not the doctor. I am just a person who's taken information from your DNA and interpreting. I'm giving you facts. That's what it is. Uh, I'm not saying that somebody has it. It's up to you as the doctor to interpret it and communicate that with your patients. So she's very upset at me and didn't have me back on. Uh-oh. <laughs> you made an enemy. You know what? I, I don't you, know. you haven't lived if you haven't made an enemy in this world. I'm sure I made a few. <laughs> I've had a few. Yes, I've gotten good at making enemies lately. I'm, I used to be really bad at it, but I've, I've gotten better as I've gotten older. Not enemies, but definitely people who do not like me. Well, I think I think there was a, a part of my life, maybe this is a, you share this too, where I, I wanted to make people happy. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a giver, I'm a contributor. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm a people pleaser kind of thing, but I, I want to give. Like, I, And I think sometimes uh, when people are upset with you, you don't want that. So you're forthcoming and you try to conform to what it is. But I think that once uh, as you know, I became older, more comfortable with myself, I'm just going to say what I need to say. And if it bothers you, I'm sorry that it does. And that's it. I'm, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, it's definitely a thing that comes with age. And uh, most of my life, I was always so concerned what other people thought about me. And yeah. I don't, yeah, pleasing them. It was really important for me. And the, it was weird. Like the bigger the stranger, the more important it was for me for that person to like me rather than, you know, the people around me, the closest to me, you know? So, um, but I have, I find myself getting over that. That is once you can overcome that, it's still a struggle for me, but once you can overcome that, it really frees you <laughs> tremendously. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude, for, for sure. Because you're trying, you're always trying to be someone you're not. Yeah. So you're calibrating really... and you're just like, Oh, no way. And I was pretty bad at it whenever I would get mad at people. Like, you know, I would be like really bad at it. it would be over, I would overcompensate. Like I would be like, I would get way too angry. <laughs> but now it's a balance. Not even angry. Just not always doing what other people want me to do and being, you know, not being afraid to push back or not being afraid to just, if I don't like somebody, just to be like, you know what? I don't really like this person. I don't need to deal with them anymore. I don't need to try to be friends with them or try to, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I, I, think, I think that uh, we were talking to, one of our last guests who was talking about energy and sometimes you feel that vibrational energy in somebody and, and it kind of is a repon. You try to make it work, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work. You're just uh, vibrating at different frequencies. So I'm really tuning into that. Uh, was that, was that an experience you had in like high school too? Well, like what, what wanting was... people to like me? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I found my own identity, but I was always trying to be in, you know, the cool crowd or, you know, I just did a lot of things that were people pleasing things. I was a break dancer. I was yeah. a DJ. I did all the dances. You know, I enjoyed that stuff, but it just, it was really interesting. I was watching the Taylor Swift documentary. Look at me. All I do is watch music documentaries. I watched the Billy Eilish and somebody's got an 11 year old. Of young, of young yeah, girls. Somebody's got an 11 year old daughter on this <laughs> podcast and that happens to be me. Right. So I watch all these podcasts with her. Yeah. Um, and I mean, podcasts, Box. all these uh, documentaries with her. And, yeah, so Taylor Swift, the whole beginning of that documentary, she's talking about how her whole life up until she was about 25 was defined by pleasing her audience and making sure her fans were happy. And yeah. then when it finally dropped, when the, you know, after the Kanye West incident at the MTV yeah. or the Grammys, she and her, you know, there was like this, her whole world fell apart because suddenly that was her whole identity was based on this thing. And now everybody was kind of making fun of her and she, you know, on national stage, she was humiliated and she, she like became a complete wreck. So, uh, you know, it happens to a lot of people. I think a lot of famous people. So yeah, in high school, I was totally obsessed with having people like me and then doing jobs, doing, just taking jobs because I thought people would be impressed by the jobs that I took rather than actually doing the yeah. stuff I wanted to do. Right. Like, and, and it starts with trying to please your parents. You know, for me, it was about, I was just going to say that. Yeah. You know? That's it. That's exactly it. I, I was yeah. going to say that, that it starts because uh, first of all, I, I don't really get Taylor Swift just, just as a side note. I, I don't, I, I don't liked her more her. after those documentaries are really good marketing tools because I didn't really yeah. get her either. I got two stories about Taylor Swift that I have to tell you. One is that documentary 
um, really made me like her a lot more and realize that she's a lot more talented than I realized she was. But the second thing about Taylor Swift that people should know, because it's just a beautiful story, is this is actually the anniversary of my friend Adam Schlesinger's death from COVID-19. But I don't bring that up to be a bummer. I bring that up because after he died, he didn't know Taylor Swift, but she was a big fan of his music. And after he died, she wrote his daughters, who were like 16 and 12, the most beautiful letter and she illustrated it she wrote like a heartfelt two-page letter about how sorry she was and how much her father their father's music meant to her and she like illustrated it with like pictures of like birds and like trees and it was this i mean can you imagine these kids they lost their dad to get a letter from taylor swift i mean they were they were just blown away they put i mean i'm only telling you this publicly because they put it all over their instagram and stuff but it was just it made me love her like i was like i didn't even i was like that's a good person like we shouldn't have to do that you know shouldn't i I think i think i need to separate what i said you know the person taylor swift i met her music because when she first started out i got it i'm like it's some country pop and i kind of get it and i like interesting lyrics and it's light and she's blonde and all that stuff and then she became sort of pop Mm. and on the yeah she changed I don't understand the music. I know the industry, like the record labels get you and like, oh, you're going to be this person now. We're, yeah. going to, we're going to write this for you and we're going to produce this. So maybe that's not even her anymore. I don't even know, but I don't. I just have no connection. I to think her. she's kind of come back a little bit to her sort of grassroots, more folksy kind of country thing. I mean, I don't know if I love her music. I think I understand it. Some of it's pretty good. She uses a lot of different producers, but she definitely writes a lot of her own music, which is cool. Yeah, yeah She sure. writes... A lot of pop musicians, you know, we've talked about this on the show. I think, you know, they have these teams of people that come in and write all their songs. They write the, somebody writes the melody and somebody writes the beat. Right. And they, she doesn't do that. She writes her song. She'll have a producer make it better, but she doesn't, she writes all her music. Anyway, I think she's very talented. I, yeah, I don't sit down and listen to Taylor Swift records. I think I like Billy, I probably like Billy Eilish music more like as when I'm sitting down to listen to music, but both of them, I feel are for a different audience than me. So I I get it. It's not, you know, maybe if I was 17 years old and a girl as I was once, um, (laughs) I, uh, I forgot to tell you about the transition. After that sex change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The transition was, was great, but, um, yeah, I might, I, but I, I can appreciate what she's doing and I think she's a, she's a raw talent, you know? I'm not. Uh, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, you just the music. Uh, I, you don't get. And it. I really like. I really like Billie Eilish. I like her music. I, I I get it, and and it connects more with me. I've been assessing this for a long time about what connects more with me, and it has to do with the sadness. Mm. So if you're writing music that connects, that you're using as a vehicle, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Billie Eilish talked about uh, they they were asking her to write happy music, and she was saying that i don't feel happy you're asking her right it's not true yeah you're right yeah she did say that she said i'm just not true to me she's very true to herself that's true right well and and if that truth is you know she was cutting and she was doing all these different things and she was sad she was down and and if you're if you're using that as a vehicle to write music and put it out there it connects to me Mm -hmm. so happy music is cool i love happy music to dance to whatever whatever or you're driving the car but real music that i can sit and put the headphones on or whatever it is and listen to it's got to be a sadness to that unless it's hip-hop unless it's hip-hop well yeah it's (laughs) i can't think of too many hit sad hip-hop songs i mean there's a few there's a few like you know about living on the streets or whatever but it's never like crying maybe eminem i don't know i can't think of one is there ever been a sad about it yeah, there a lot of them are sad because if you if you talk about the injustice in the world, yeah, that's and there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, hip hop that talks about injustices and the cops and all these other things. If you, it's not really happy if you think about it, unless it's the you know you're the baller with the chains and the and the Rolexes and and all that. I'm other just stuff trying to think. Like, like the message is a great rap about the streets, and yet I don't I don't think I cried. Uh, <laughs> I've never cried, cried you know, broken glass everywhere. <laughs> that makes me cry every time. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I have this don't push me because I'm close to the edge t-shirt. And what that is something that is very generational because I, I, I wear that shirt around the city and I know that half the people who look at it have <laughs> no freaking idea what the hell that is. And right. then I'll be standing online at a dispensary as I was recently. And the, the guard who's like, you know, probably in his thirties or forties was like, dude, sure it's awesome you know yeah exactly <laughs> you got to be old to get it you got to get be old to get that shirt that's a dad shirt. yeah yeah and I, and I was you're you're going back and saying about like uh pleasing your parents and stuff mm-hmm. i had this conversation with my dad and 
my dad listens to oh well whatever hey dad uh, hey um yeah my dad's name is alex hey alex what's up uh, alex so, <laughs> so one of the things we talked about the other night he was giving me lessons on how i should parent mm. uh, because because he's such a wonderful uh, example that's <laughs> such a such an amazing job and at one point i couldn't i couldn't take it anymore uh, about the lessons that i was getting i said you know what my lesson was i said you gave me an, an incredible lesson for parenting the lesson was uh whatever you would do i would just do the opposite <laughs> with my daughter so I appreciate the lesson <laughs> he gave me. I'm sure he loved that. He was not happy. He was not happy. And then, and then he goes, I did the best I could. And that's it. There was no, he goes, there's no book. There's no, there's no yeah. lessons and all that stuff. And I was like, no, no sorry. There's yeah. No, that doesn't exist. That. No, but I, but I said, I said to him, I said that, but you could have done the same thing. I said, you didn't like some of the things you were raised. You don't know anything about the way I was raised. I said, I know what you told me. You can tell me more. I'm open to listening to it. And he didn't want to, it really upset him. He was really mm. started getting angry with me. And I was like, well, if you didn't like it, we have the opportunity in free will to break the cycle, right? So if you're being abused, if your parent is being abused, your grandparents abusing them, vice versa, or or being mean or or doing something you don't like, you don't have to continue that trend. Like you think to yourself, it's like, oh, I really didn't like that. Mm. Maybe when I have my kids, I'm going to do the opposite or do something right. different. You don't have to repeat it. So you had a choice not to do the same thing that you were supposed to, that was supposed to be done to you. You just continued it. Yeah. I mean, I think my, a shrink once said to me, you know, that she was having this problem with her mother trying to tell her what to do about it. And she said to her mother, you know what? You had your turn to marry me. Now it's my turn and I'm going to do it my way. And right. I appreciate your advice, but we're just going to have to agree to disagree. I can't it, tell you how many exactly. times I've said to my mother, we have to agree to disagree. My mother was here last weekend, the first time I've seen her from from COVID for over a year, and she visited me in LA. And one of the first things she wanted to talk to me about how much she's on Woody Allen's side and oh. completely disagrees, hates Mia Farrow, thinks she's manipulative. I don't know if it's this kind of like certain women of Jewish women of a certain generation from New York that just refuse to see any evil in Woody Allen. But I just said to her, I mean, this is not about parenting, but I just said to her mom. That's really interesting. We're going to have to agree to disagree and do not mention this topic to my wife because she will kill you. And then, of course, I go out and I come back and the first thing they're talking about in my kitchen is Woody it's Allen. I see my wife like cutting onions like angrily. I was like, uh, she just, she won't and, give and in. And crying. And crying, yeah, while, while she's cutting her onions. My, my mom just will not. Uh, but anyway, she's very inflexible. And I've told her, like, she, when she gives me advice, she's always commenting on, you know, looks of my kids and stuff. I'm like, don't do yeah. that to my kids. You know, like, don't, um, it just freaks them out. And, and, you know, it's different. My dad does the same thing. My, my mom is the opposite. Every single person is beautiful. Right. She's like the complete opposite side of it. She did, uh, big, short, fat, small, skinny. It doesn't matter. Right. They're all beautiful, which is, uh, which is probably, in it. and my dad is, an extremely judgmental person. Right. Uh, so I'm somewhere in the middle, I guess. And I, I told, I tell my daughter, if I'm being judgmental, flag me. And she did the other day. She's like, uh, you're, being you're being judgmental. I'm like, oh, fuck, man, I'm, I'm sorry, but thanks for pointing it out. But I told my dad, which another thing he didn't like, uh, <laughs> that it's also money. Right. So he keeps now his thing is this, he's proud of me mm -hmm. and he tells me he loves me, which I never heard. All my oh. life. So I think it's coming out. Yeah. And it's, it's making me feel awkward. But yeah, honest. you're like, I don't know. I wanted this my whole life. This, and now that I have no, it. I say I love you too. But I, yeah, why now? And then, yeah. and then out of uh, the other part of his mouth, I talked to him about, uh, you know, what I'm doing in business. He goes, and I said, I wanted a podcast. I said, I love doing this podcast. He goes, yeah, but it doesn't make you money. Yeah, yeah, you got to think yeah. about money. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's everything. I thought you were proud of me. Well, I'm proud of you for your business that you're making money there or whatever. You know, I don't know. You know who's what I'm what I'm yeah. making, whatever. But if I were just doing what makes me happy, yeah, he's not proud. Of Isn't me. that incredible? That's one of the lessons I've learned from my parents that I've changed on my kids. That they were so fixated on my interest in things like DJing and stuff when I was a kid, and and how I'm like, oh, you're not going to make any yeah. money doing that. It was such a big issue for them, and 
it, it really scared me away from a lot. Not that it was their fault. I made my own choices. And they, they were very supportive and loving in a lot of ways. But And certainly very supporting right now. At least my mom, my dad's passed away, but my mom is. And um, But yeah, like they were just, I'm like, you know what? If your kid has, a, if your child, no matter what age, shows a passion and excitement about something, just fucking say that you are happy about it. Unless they're like drug addicts or sex yeah. freaks. You know, like. You know, it's so hard to have a passion about anything in life. I mean, support it. Who gives a shit? My, my dad always used to say, ironically, you know, basically, like, it, it, the money will come. Like, have a passion for something like he did music. The money is eventually right. going to come. It's probably true with podcasting, even with me. Like, I, I, I came to podcasting a little before you did, and I'm making some yeah. money doing it. You'll make some money yeah. doing it. it. It just happens. I'm not even worried about it. I mean, right. that, that has no concern. And who cares? You're enjoying it. And same thing with you my book. Money. Yeah. Like, there's not... I didn't, oh, he goes, oh, well, uh, how are you going to sell it? I'm like, well, I have a publisher. They're going to put it out there. Well, do you have a goal? Like, well, how many books? Uh, I said, no. He just thinks, I said, parents think they have to give you advice all the time. I want to give it away. Did I ever tell you, <laughs> first of all, let, let me go back uh, and, and finish. The reason why we even started this conversation is because uh, we started talking about college visits for my daughter. She wanted to graduate early now because of COVID. She's probably can't. Regardless, we want to start talking about college, where she wants to go to, uh, to school. And if she wants to go to school, she she wants to go to school. I don't really care. I don't care about her grades. She's never gotten anything less than an A. She cares. I don't care. So she uh, he comes back and is like, well, what is she going to go to school for? I'm like, I don't know. Whatever she wants. Uh, well, what is she going to do? I'm like, she's going to act. Well, no, no, no. What do you mean? She's, what is she going to do? I'm like, she's an actor. That's what she's been doing. She was five years old. Right. Well, yeah, but it's really hard. Uh, you know, her mom will relearn how hard it is. I told you so kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, but her mom wasn't acting since she was five. And that that's all she's ever wanted to do was entertain, act and sing and all that stuff. And she writes music. That's what she does. I mean, how can you, I'm like, take that away from her. She's so lucky because how many kids, like I know so many people in later on in life, they don't have no idea what their passion is. Right. There's none. I think There's our no kids connection. are very fortunate in that way. Both of our kids. My, my exactly. son Elijah knows he wants to be. I know he knows he wants professional musician, but he loves music. That is his love right. of life, right? And yeah, he knows what is. he loves, and he's gotten very good at it. And like just like your daughter's gotten very good at acting. You know, I wish I had a passion. And the funny thing is, I kind of did, but you know, who you knew did that? have a passion, but that, that's why yeah. I was going to come back. My, my daughter's also a singer, and she writes music and plays piano. She loves that kind of stuff. So I, I, did I ever tell you the story about where, what, how I went to school and for what they ever say this? So I had a passion for music, same way as you did. I had no musical skills. So my, my role model in music was Rick Rubin. And I remember him saying, I'm not, I don't play an instrument. Mm. I don't do anything. I'm not a D. Like, right. Even the DJing part was like my kind of DJing where you just yeah. connect records and all that stuff. Not anything uh, really special. Yep. Right. But he's got an ear. He's like, I know what I like. And since I was a kid, I would lay in bed and I would make mixtapes and I would glue them and I would cut the tapes and I would, I would make them for people. And I, like, it's, it's sort of my taste in music. One of the things I loved the most was introducing people to music that they didn't hear before. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I had no idea. That's what- why we do have you heard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had no idea what career that is. Yeah. I didn't know what major that is. I had no idea, but I'm like, I want to go and explore the business of music and figure it out. Maybe I would have been an A&R guy. I have no idea. So my parents had an intervention for me. Mm. Uh, They got a shrink, a psychiatrist to come in and they all had an intervention that forced me. I don't want to say forced because I I did have some free will, even though I paid for my own college and everything else. And they kicked me out anyway. So it doesn't matter. But they talked me into going to physical therapy school. That was my, that was what I went to school for. Like I'm grateful that I learned anatomy and physiology because I, I get to use that. But wow, did they ever now. squash that dream? It's so sad. Oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. And you you would have been. I mean, I, I think you could have been a, a Rick Rubin, right? Who knows? Again, we can't, you know, I, I maybe this is good or bad, but I, I had actually, one of my first things I ever did out of college was I got a job working for the Muppets. Actually, I shouldn't say working. I auditioned to be in the Muppets. I got trained by Jane Henson, who's Jim Henson's wife who's now no longer with us. And, you know, basically there was callbacks. I got called back. I told my family and they were like, well, that's cool, but are they going to pay you? And of course, no, they're not going to pay you at first. It's a, it's a, it's it's the same story. Right. And I freaked out. Now they didn't, they didn't, 
they didn't like say no, but their impression was, you know, we can't just keep paying your rent. You know, we got to You got to. So I, I freaked out because I was like, well, this is, was going to be like a month commitment of no money. And how was I going to pay for it? Yeah. And I said, no. And I've always wondered, you know, I could have been Kermit. Um, no, the Kermit already <laughs> existed, but I could have been a, a, non, a, a non-pedophile um, Elmo. But um, so anyway, you know, you said something that was really interesting. I don't want to I don't want to brush over the thing about once your yeah. father complimented you you didn't know what to do with it. It almost made you uncomfortable. And I find that, you know, in the wanting so much to have the approval of others, one of the things I found is when you finally get it, it's not, you know, you want that all your life and then you finally get it. And honestly, I have two reactions to it. Either it's embarrassing to me when people are like too crazy of me and complimentary or um, it's never enough, right? So like, it's like such a ridiculous thing to crave in life because it's never satisfying. And when it, and when, when you actually get it, it can sometimes be somewhat embarrassing and awkward. So it's not it exactly awkward. a great thing to aspire to. It's certainly not going to make you happy. Yeah, it's it's super awkward and it makes me feel awkward. Even, even when people talk about, read my bio, you're an expert of this and this. Yeah. Like, like, fuck no. Like, I, I am, here's what my expertise is. And whoever is listening, if they ever want to introduce me, this will be the best introduction. I am one of the most curious people I know uh-huh. that is like, I love to learn and hate to study. And I am just curious. My expertise is I just want to learn. I like, I want to get more information. Anything that I'm interested in, I want to learn more about that, that information. So whatever my expertise is, it's only the, the fact that I'm a student of life and I want to learn more things. Right. So that's why I may know certain things and I, I'm good in jeopardy because I know a lot of <laughs> useless facts. Are you good at like, crossword puzzles and shit like that no because uh my add kicks in oh. and now i start thinking about different things five but across Je- yeah jeopardy is perfect for me because it's it gives me a really short time frame mm-hmm. so i i had the dopamine hit that i need to make i give i need to give that answer in a short period of time so for for people with add for instance i, I just have my physical my i was talking to my my doctor about that by the way i'm like she's like whatever you're doing it's perfect every <laughs> little Everything was just fantastic. And she was talking about ADD. And I'm like, that's my superpower. Because yeah. I get the squirt of dopamine all the time. And, and Jeopardy, because you have a short time frame, you get in. Sometimes I give my deadlines to the very last minute so I can have that adrenaline. So I can have that dopamine and complete it because I'm not getting that dopamine if I'm if it's a week away kind of thing. So yeah, that Jeopardy really short time period to give an answer really quick, that, that works for me. I'm more of a family feud <laughs> kind of guy. I love that family feud too. <laughs> I, I don't know. Jeopardy is a little bit past my uh, pay grade. No, I'm, I'm well, okay. You, I'm getting better. I've been doing crossword puzzles lately. I did one last night actually before I went to bed. I got to start doing that stuff too. I, I, I used to be good brain. at Trivial Pursuit. Oh yeah. Some... I love Trivial Pursuit. I played the other day Password. Do you remember that game Password? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. We played it. I was at some friend's house and um, we were playing it and that's a really good word for like sharpening your focus and just like editing yourself you know for us add folk you know it's a good (laughs) editing game like to try to distill one word to try to get somebody to say another word what's the one that the you you draw and then oh yeah pictionary pictionary yeah Yeah. i'm terrible at that because i can't draw for shit yeah i i i I can't draw really well i paint better than i draw but uh i love that game it's so much fun it is it is a fun game I'm getting into games too. Man, I must be becoming an old man because suddenly I like games. <laughs> like it's like my grandma or games like can, can, canasta and all these bridge and shit like that. And I'm like, let's bridge. play games. We were like, all our friends were lying sitting around at a beach house, and I'm like, all I wanted to do was play games. I'm like, let's play games. Pinochle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. Want to talk about music and soundtracks? Oh, talking about, yeah, I mean, come on. Well, how could we have an episode without talking about music? I was uh, inspired by this this topic. Uh, Flea had gone on Twitter and he just yeah. kind of started this thread, like, okay, favorite soundtrack albums. I'll go first, and he and he dropped <laughs> one, and I was like, that's a great topic. Like, I never had thought about. It. I think when you say soundtracks, it's definitely like we have to define what we mean because I feel like 
this is like movies that like cobbled together a bunch of like songs, you know, as the background kind of tracks. Because right. of course my father used to write, well, I guess he wrote scores. He didn't write soundtracks. So, so that's what that is. So I was, you know, there was a few that were on my list and I was like, no, it doesn't really count if they're singing the songs in the movie, right? Like it can't be Grease because like, uh, it, you know, exactly. what I mean? it has to be like songs that exist. They might've been written for the movie, but nobody performs those songs. Right in the movie, so that kind of eliminates. There's some that are hybrids, and we'll talk yeah. about those, like Purple Rain. But uh, by the way, you just took one. Damn it! I shouldn't even my said favorite. It. <laughs> best soundtrack, one of the best soundtrack ever. Ever. But is ever. it really? But it is. I guess it is because it has songs that aren't actually um, in the. Well, movie. I think they were yeah. they were written for the movie. They're written for they? the movie, but it's not like a, they're singing the movie. I guess I don't know. I don't know how to distinguish. It's not like freaking West Side Story where they're like, "When I'm a jet, I'm a jet. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. We're no, Grease was a great example. We're yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're Grease is a good example. Yes, I think Grease And, and by the way, a, a, a score like like your your father would, like they there was some, I looked at some lists and they had some of the, yeah, the original John Williams kind of thing. I'm like, right. ah, you know, that's different. I get it. Space Odyssey, you know, 2001. Like, I get it, but it's not really to me. That really is not a soundtrack. You no, know, that's they, different. A soundtrack is like, of course, a soundtrack is my father's worst nightmare when I was growing up because was a, <laughs> that could, that meant no work for him. If somebody exactly. wanted to do original music to a movie, he was totally fucked. So yeah. anyway, but he, I think he appreciated a good soundtrack when it was done. What done well. Um, all right. How do you want to do this? Do you want to? Um, I was going to ask also you. Do you play a few uh, as we talk, but um, okay. yeah, we can just kind of go down our list. I mean, I was trying to keep it keep it kind of broad. Um, yeah. I there was I tried to be a little bit surprising. Some of these I think are going to be very obvious to people. Yeah. And maybe we should start with the most obvious. <laughs> right? I think you just said you just said the uh, well. Purple I said rain. okay. I mean, so I said purple rain, and I mean. Purple Rain is pretty much on everybody's list is like the greatest soundtrack record. Really one of the greatest rock and roll movies like made by a, a like an artist. Like it was a really good movie. People forget. Yeah, I Purple recently Rain. watched it, by the way, with my daughter. What did she her. think of it? Did she like it? Yeah, she liked it. Yeah, she liked it. She didn't love it. Right. She, they, you know, I don't know if it, it, you know, it's definitely of its time. Like I feel like some of these things you watch them with your kids, and you're like, ooh, that's different yeah. than I remembered it. But, you know, I loved it when I saw it. That's for sure. Yeah, and I was like, this great, is a great freaking movie. Great movie, great soundtrack, and and super sad. Like, uh, it is it was sad. A very sad. And the the very end when he actually performs Purple Rain, I mean, I just like fantastic. So yeah, that might be. Is that one of your favorite um, Prince songs? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he has so many live renditions of this. You see, like, he can play the song for fifteen minutes straight. It's amazing. Or he could. He could. Yeah. I know. And I love the stuff by the time, by the way. Like, they kind of oh, steal yeah. the show in a, while, in a lot of ways. Morris Day, yeah. Morris Day, is a, he's great. They just did a that. Prince tribute concert, which my wife went to. Uh, it was like something they did on NBC. Maya Rudolph hosted it right before oh, COVID. Wow. Was that the bowl? It wasn't at the bowl. They did it like they actually took over the Jacob. It was, it was made for TV. So they took over okay. the Jacob Javits yeah. Center and made it oh, like okay. a theater. Yeah. It wasn't. It was like an invitation only thing. But my wife went, and and Morris Day, and uh, the time performed, and it was like one of the best things in the whole thing. Sheila E. also performed, days. which was really cool. I've seen Sheila E. a bunch of times. She's she's amazing. incredible. Yeah. So okay, so we are unanimously on Purple Rain. Right. Another kind of obvious one to me mm-hmm. is Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, I mean for sure. Uh, right. Also, one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Every single song on there is. Like, There's like not a bad song on the damn freaking yeah. album. I mean, come on, is that it's not? And then you learn in the um, doc about it that it turns out they wrote all these uh, like five of these songs they wrote in two weeks in a chateau yeah. in France because somebody was like, "Oh, they need some music for this movie they're doing." No. <laughs> it's like it's crazy. And every one of those hit, 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 hit. It's like, including this one. Such a credible album, and and not even just all the BG stuff like that. Yvonne, what's her name? Yvonne mm-hmm. Edelman, um, Jewish, I guess. <laughs> Maybe not. It sounds like a Jewish <laughs> name. Yvonne Edelman. No, she's. I think she's Latina, but she. <laughs> I love that. Could song. be. Could be Jewish Latina. You know, no. She could. I mean, that that would be hot. <laughs> That's a great combo. 
like that too. Love this song. Yeah, it, it was it was thought of as being cheesy for a very long time. Like it was right. hot, come back. It was cheesy, and now it's back. It really it was one of the last disco um, sucks. It was one of the final yeah, nails in the right. coffin with the disco sucks movement. But boy, is it a great freaking album! So I have a question for you on the soundtrack. Yeah. Is Sergeant Pepper the mm. soundtrack? Really? Because I have it on my list. I, I mean, I think it can be, but but for the Bee Gees movie, yeah, for the yeah, movie, I guess so. Because but did they they re-recorded stuff or had it? I can't well, remember. That's that's what I mean. They they re they redid, but they're musicians. So this is where this gray area comes in because uh, you you set out the rules and I agree with you. And the whole, only caveat to that I put is Sergeant Pepper because the Bee Gees are actual musicians. They redid the songs. I think they did a fantastic job. The movie kind of sucked. I kind of liked of. it. Uh, I, I kind of thought it was it, it was fun. Uh, you know, maybe maybe George Burns playing God was not the best choice, but it was an interesting movie. But uh, so is it a soundtrack? That's a that's a hard one because they redid it, right? But then they're singing. Right. You know what? I have to admit that I don't even remember seeing that movie because it's one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah. Um, and it's so bad they didn't even mention it in the Bee Gees documentary. They're just like, let's just not mention that. <laughs> It was like a it's major really thing. I mean, it was like a huge budget. Um, I think they did mention it. I think did they? they? Did mention it. it wasn't. They didn't get really into it. Like no, kind of like no, no. Saturday Night Fever. Anyway, it's on the side. So All I right. don't know if it sounds. I don't know. We can put it, it on. I'm. I'm. I, if it I is, count it. Count it. I'm counting yeah, it. If it if it is a soundtrack, then it's like it has to be one of the best because. Yeah, know. I mean, it's Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Glam, one of right. probably my favorite Beatles records. So you know, although okay. you know, some of the Bee Gees versions are, of some of those songs are not as good as the originals, but you know, true. We should do a list someday of people who actually did a better cover. <laughs> did we do that already? I feel like the cover where the cover is better. Than the cover. Actual... I don't know. I don't know if we ever did that one, but that's that a good would one. be that would be a good a good list. All right. All right. What else do you want? Am I next? Who's next? Yeah, just go. Okay. Well, another, and I know you're going to have a few of these because you've already expressed that you are a fan of this particular filmmaker. But mm-hmm. I am going to say Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Because it is just incredible. It's so, it's so long. There's so many songs on it too, and it's it's such a cool combination of like old surfer rock, Dale, you know, Dick Dale music, and then but also like Chuck Berry and yeah, you got Jungle Urge Brother, Kill, Cool in the Gang. They made that. That was the big hit that came out of that. Uh, you know, when when they were doing their dance, you have like uh, yeah, things like this. Girl, you'll be a woman. That, that's yeah, girl, you'll be a woman. woman. It's urge overkill. Oh, it's an incredible, it's an incredible uh, Agreed. soundtrack. Agreed, one hundred percent. And 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 honestly, not the only incredible soundtrack that he did. Well, right, it, there's another one on the list. There's me. another one on my list too, and we'll we'll probably get to it. We should probably do these in order. There's probably two, but I had to pick one. I didn't want it to be. A bunch of Tarantino. I figured, yeah, I was like, this is gonna be hard for Lang because he's going to do all Tarantino. Well, movies. Reservoir Dogs was amazing, and you know, I, since we're talking about it, like Kill Bill. Kill I mean, Bill's yeah, RZA, RZA may, I mean, did all the production on it, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. That is kind of Kill Bill is great. I have them all, so I, I it was very hard for me to. I was very impressed with the Jackie Brown soundtrack. Oh yeah, just like the Jackie crazy. Brown movie is probably one of his most underrated movies. I feel like his soundtrack. He kind of like brought to light all these these songs that were like so, you know, like not not mainstream like R and B type songs like this song "Street Life" by Randy. I love Crawford. that song. I love this song. Yeah, it's a good song. Like a lot of these, I and I love this kind of music, but a lot of these songs I didn't know before this movie came out. I mean, yeah. I had the soundtrack and I kind of played it to death. I was like, "What is this song?" And they even <clears> had just, like. Brothers Johnson songs that I hadn't. Yeah, heard. I just love the way he incorporates music in his movies. Anyway, they're they're part of the movie. Yeah, like it, it, him and Scorsese does this to a certain point too. Well, that kind of brings me to <laughs> Goodfellas. Good, yeah, it's on my list too. It's on my list. It had to be. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible. There's so many, and the, the best is the is the final sequence with the helicopter. You know, while he thinks he's being chased by the helicopter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of good '80s soundtracks. That was another thing that was hard for me. I think the one that, even though the movie is, I don't even remember the movie. It has a good soundtrack, yeah. and that's Pretty in Pink. 
if if you just on look list. at it's, it's on, on your list. Because yeah, if you look at the songs, curse. yeah, I mean, it's got OMD. It has like Echo that. and the Bunny Men bring on the yeah. Dancing Horses. It has yes. New Order, Shell Shock. Yes. If you leave OMD, like you said, Pretty in Pink. I mean, it has great songs. Like it's, I don't. The, it's like a soundtrack has definitely. Would, the soundtrack was better than the movie. Well, I, I like the movie. I think John Hughes, you know, was one of those two that how can we incorporate music into the the movie as part of the movie? I think he did a fantastic job of doing that kind of stuff. Pretty in Pink, I agree. How about the seventies? We did train. We did Saturday Night Fever, but what else you got on your uh, Apocalypse Now? Oh, that is a great one. I didn't even put that. Rolling down. Stones, The Doors. I mean, he had. A I mean, lot that of was crazy. It's it's hard to put together because he put like classic things that are probably extremely expensive to license, right? Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it was all it's all like uh, those sure those can. hits. If you don't know the music from Apocalypse Now, then it's a sad state of affairs. I love from the 70s. I'm going to go. I'm going to take my. So I mentioned at the top of this episode that Flea yeah. had started this. Yeah. And he and his choice. And I have to say, because I loved the soundtrack when I was a kid. I have um, one more 70s. Let's see if it's the same one. Well, it's kind of surprising that it came from, okay. from Flea. But Harold and Maude. Oh, really? No, <laughs> yeah. it's not on my list. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> even think you would. I didn't think you would put that on yours. But honestly, I love that soundtrack. I mean, it's all one I, artist. And he didn't. I love the movie. I don't remember yeah. the sound. Well, the soundtrack is all. Um, oh yeah, it's all Cat Stevens. It's uh, Cat Stevens, yeah. It's all Cat Stevens, and it's it's great Cat Stevens songs. Now that I've lost everything to you. It's a great. Anyway, song. and he's got in if you wanna live low, yeah. live low, and if you wanna sing free, free, free. And the morning is broken. Anyway, it's a that's such a wonderful movie. I watched that recently with my son. He like really enjoyed it. It's it's a strange, I strange movie. I gotta, yeah, I gotta watch it again with her. I feel like it's but one I, of those things that you watch. Like I, it was on cable when I was a kid, and when we first got yeah. cable, it was like on all the time. And I watched, I watched, I kept watching, watched a bunch of times. I loved that movie. Um, Ruth Gordon. One more seventies. I have Superfly. Oh, Curtis Mayfield. Very, very good record that was on my yeah, it's list all, too. it's all curtis mayfield all stuff. curtis mayfield yeah 1972 i'm sure this is on your list <laughs> <laughs> you can get it if you really want this is the harder they come soundtrack really oh really do you not know the harder they come soundtrack no oh len i've changed your I'm life i'm getting i'm getting it 1972 <laughs> It's you can get it if you really want. The harder they come, the yeah. harder they fall. One and all. It's got that. It's got all oh, pressure drop. The Clash did a cover of that, but pressure drop, the original pressure drop. It's cool because it's reggae, but it's also that music that came like before reggae. That was like I is don't it like know, Jimmy Lipso. Cliff uh, stuff? Yeah, is Jimmy it? Cliff. It's all Jimmy Cliff. And yeah, and yeah, Cliff, yeah. Okay, no, I do know. I do. Yeah, know. but it, but it also has the slickers and it has toots right, right, and the right, matels. Right. Yep, and, yep, yep, um, yep. Yeah, it's it's like pre Bob Marley. It's really yep, good. Yep. Yeah, I, I know exactly. What love you're talking it. About. Love, love, love it. Love stuff. So that's one of my one of my 1972 favorite favorite so, um, soundtracks. So Wild Style. That's 80s, right? Y- yeah, Wild Style's early 80s. That's a good one. Because I was looking at hip hop and I was trying to see hip hop's like, hard. Beat Street and Breaking. If they had soundtracks and kind of yeah, they do, but, but they're like cheesy. Song. I bought them yeah. all, but they were never like that good. They would no, have like, it was only one, one or two songs, and yeah, that's it. Exactly. Wild Style has Cold Crush Brothers, yeah, yeah. Busy B, Fab Five Freddy. Yeah. Yeah, Grandmaster Kaz. Yeah, it's real, real old school. Yeah, it's really old school. Down by Law by Fab Five Freddy. Yeah. Busy B. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I There's one other. Um, now I'm skipping around, but if we had to go, right. if we're sticking with hip hop. Okay, I have um, two. I've got a bunch. Well, I don't know yeah. if I've got a bunch. I should have more, but I think I have the problem that we mentioned, which is that. Yeah. You would buy the record three. and it'd be like one good rap on it. I have yeah. three. Now that I look at it, I have actually three. So yeah. is Above the Rim one of yours? Above the Rim is one. Yes. Okay. Because that's got Regulate on it. That's a Death yes. Row Records. Yeah. Terrible movie. Uh, really above good. Above the Rim has, it's it's the full Death Row. It's got Warren G. It's got Snoop. Afro all, Puffs. It has uh, yeah, Late, Lady yeah. of Rage. Great Lady of Rage. soundtrack. Great um, soundtrack. B- bad movie, but good. Sound terrible, right. terrible movie. I mean, most of the hip hop movies are not good, but but some of them are okay. What was what was your other hip hop one? Friday. Oh, Friday's great. Cube, Dre, and even some Rick James. <laughs> Rick Mary James, Jane. bitch. <laughs> this guy, I love you, Mary Jane. Right. 
I just uh, watched that very, very recently with my son for the first time. That's a fun watching movie. my daughter too. I think she we talked about this because rest in peace to uh, Tebow. Tebow, yeah, he just died. Yeah. What's your third? Because I don't. I was struggled with this. I was gonna well, put Juice. Oh, so I was not, gonna put um, New Jack City, but I, I, then I realized I don't really like that kind of music. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not great. The, so this is. It's got a hip hop and R and B, but it's got good enough hip hop that I included it. Uh, the movie's called Brown Sugar, and Rakim is on it. Most Def is on it. Oh, the shit. Roots are on it. All right, you have me at Rakim. Erica Badu. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm, I might have to download that. It's a good soundtrack. Black Alicious. Dope. So, Cadillac Records. Yeah. Oh, Cadillac right. Records does it count because it's all the chess records people. So, it's, you know, Jeffrey Wright and playing Muddy Waters and, right. and uh, Beyonce playing Etta James. She did an amazing rendition, by the way, uh, of Atlanta. Just uh, if you, so I don't know, does that count? I think it counts. I mean, it's freaking, I mean, but then again, then you have to throw in that James Brown movie that Chadwick Boseman was in. Yeah, Uh, but I don't think it was music wise. It wasn't, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's on the side, but I wasn't sure. That's a tough one. Like what I just remembered, like, what about the Queen movie? What about Rocket Man? Yeah, are those on? I don't know. Oh. You let us, you write in and tell us whether those <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, let us know. I think of soundtracks as like some, the director sitting around being like, all right, here are the 10 songs I want in my movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the way I, Tarantino I agree. did it. I agree. We'll move that aside. Okay. It doesn't count. All right, um, go ahead. To get a little corny here, but it really is a good soundtrack, is uh, The Graduate. It's got- Yeah, I kind of put on my it's list. got Mrs. Rob. I mean, it's all Simon and Garfunkel. It's all Simon and Garfunkel, yeah. But it's got Mrs. Rob. I mean, it's like the, all their best songs, like Mrs. Robinson, yeah. Scarborough Fair. Yeah. Yes. Sound of Silence. Yeah. And then they have Dave Grusin, like, uh, instrumentals. So it's, like, good jazz as well. I, I don't know. So you know, it's a great movie. I have it's, a lot of connection to that movie. My father actually was roommates with the guy who wrote the book, The Graduate. Wow. And then my best friend out here, Max Brooks, one of my best friends out here, his mother is aunt, is the, Mrs. Robinson, <laughs> the oh, late, wow. great Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, I, lo- I love It's a great movie. movie. I it love is. that movie. The soundtrack is good. I'm not the biggest Simon Garfunkel fan. My dad used to play when I was a kid. Uh, I've seen Paul Simon. Yeah. I like the hits, but when it gets a little obscure. By the way, did you hear that Paul Simon sold his entire catalog to Sony Records for like hundreds of millions of dollars, but like so that he won't own it anymore? But he just, that's what musicians do now. They sell their entire catalogs. Is mm-hmm. it because he's uh, winding down his life? And he Maybe. I don't. I think charity? it's because it's just a great way to make money off your music <laughs> in one big check. Like Sony, Sony really Records need, is just like... Does he really need it? He probably does need it. Well, you speaking know? of cheesy, so I have a really cheesy soundtrack, but okay. I like it. Me too. It's the, the Last Days of Disco. Oh, what's on that? Diana Ross. <laughs> well, uh, that's awesome. Cheek. The OJs. Oh, like, wow. I don't even know the movie. Is it a real movie or is it a documentary? Real movie, real bad movie, like real bad. But the soundtrack is all these great disco songs. I also have um, on my list, and the kind of cheesy movie, but I kind of like it in a cheesy way, is Almost Famous. Um, Oh, yeah. It's a great soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. It's got Tiny Dancer on it. I love that movie, by the way. Love. I actually really do, too. I like almost all his movies. But um, America is on it. Yeah, they have Yes songs on it. Yeah. I mean, he knew what he was. He wrote for Rolling Stone. He knew he knew his music. So, oh, yeah. Well, um, speaking of him, uh, my next soundtrack is Singles. It's uh, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. It I is. I love the... that. Love. Yeah, it's And Kevin I don't remember Cole. ever seeing the movie, but yeah, I love it. a great movie. Matt, Matt uh, Dillon plays uh, the lead singer of a Seattle band, and he's he's a goof and all that stuff. But it's like a, he's got Chris Cornell is in it. Eddie Vedder's and it's the one that uh, they had to make ship band called Citizen Dick. I think I talked about in the show before that I had a t-shirt. Right. It's got Pearl Jam, Chris Cornell, Temple of the Dog, Paul Westenberg, uh, all that stuff. So I, I love that soundtrack. Okay, another soundtrack that might be off the beaten track. I didn't see it on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. Repo Man. Which, did you see the movie Repo Man? I saw, I saw the movie. It's uh, with Amelia Stevens, right? Yeah. It's like early Emilio Estevez, kind of really raunchy uh, 80s movie, and Black Flag, Suicidal Tendencies. That's right, that's right. Basically, the entire soundtrack is just like the who's who of like punk music from the early 80s, late 70s. It's kind of cool. I just thought we got to- Very cool. We got to represent Repo Man. Anything with Henry Rollins, man, is cool. Right, exactly. 
Oh, that's awesome. And then my yeah. last one is a good one to end on because then I All can right. put my song, one of the songs I love so much on it. Why? I still have a few. You have it. So you'll, you'll, yeah. we'll, we'll do. I'm just going to go last because. Yeah, d- let, me, let me go through with the rest of my list. Okay, uh, I'm bringing on the music first. Is this on your list? Uh, this is uh, from. What, what movie is that? This is Train Spotting. Train Spotting. Yeah, this yeah. is Born Slippy. I, I love Underworld. The movie I love the soundtrack. It's on my list. Uh, Lust for so, Life. Okay, you've got Train Spotting, Lust for Life. I mean, that, that movie and that sound. We talked about it too. Yeah, before. we've talked about it. movie. That movie has made it into a few of our podcasts. Amazing. But Train Spotting 2, mm, that's not a. No, don't see that, huh? <laughs> not the best i think i didn't uh, see it just because i didn't want to i saw it. it i saw it and it was a, it was just they they took the characters and like put it a, a, just way too much they overdid it the, the dude with the mustache became like a guy that just slices people as they walk it was over over okay yeah. so here's my few that we didn't go over yet so next one on my list is clueless yes First of all, I love the soundtrack. It has Beastie Boys on there, it has Radiohead, and even has our man Coolio. So. I mean, and you know what? It's a good movie. I always give credit for watching things with my son. Well, I watched that one yeah. with my daughter, and she liked start. Yeah. She started dressing like Cher from that movie. <laughs> the next day, she was totally inspired by her fashion. And uh, yeah, it's a fun movie, and it has a great soundtrack, and it's a very seminal movie of the 90s, for sure. Agreed. My other one is Dazed and Confused. Uh-huh. I had a feeling you'd have that on there. Real you good You just love that rock. movie. I love the movie. I love Matthew McConaughey in that movie. I mean, he's that's where All Right, All Right, All Right came from. Yeah. It's in that movie. All Right, All Right, All Right. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah. A classic movie. ZZ Top, Alice Cooper, School's Out, Deep Purple, uh, and Black Sabbath. So ah, your boys. Had, had to have it. I'm going to leave my one of my favorites for last so this one the next one is boogie nights oh i had that on my list and then i took it off by accident boogie nights is incredible it's great that's another one where he went way deep into the crates on that one he's got he's got boney m nobody knows boney m right (laughs) but he's got that song now it's a tiktok song that everybody plays boney m uh on tiktok so my daughter now knows who that is yeah that's what tiktok brings back all these things they the other day, my kids were um, were playing uh, Zanzibar by Billy Joel. From it's like a very deep cut from Fifty Second Street. I was like, I love that song. I, my daughter's like singing it out loud. I'm like, how do you know Zanzibar? That's like I know it's great Billy that they're Joel. bringing those back. I know, I love that. All right, so my last one is the Crow soundtrack. Oh, that's right, the so late great. That's uh, the late great Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee, where he got actually shot. Yep, while filming a scene that's supposed to have gun with blanks i believe that's the story if i remember correctly yeah. and they they actually used the real bullet so who knows there's a lot of conspiracy wow that. that's a How great soundtrack that... i'm looking at it right now it's got... i mean you got stone temple, stone temple pilots. pilots you have nine inch nails you have rage against the machine you have violent femmes i mean i i just love that soundtrack. color me once yeah and this one my favorite stp songs ever Big empty, yeah. Big empty. Driving faster in my car. Stone Temple Pilots are just, they just get yeah. better with time. Well, rest in peace, Scott Rest Wallace. in peace, Scott Wallace. Yeah. Um, that's a great one. I think I'm proud of us for not including <laughs> things like <laughs> Footloose <laughs> and no. Dirty Dancing. My Bodyguard <laughs> and Dirty Dancing. No, no, no. No, no, no we just no. didn't do it. And what's the one that has Maniac on it? Uh, uh, a flash dance, flash dance, flash dance. We yes. do flash dance. And you know what? And there's a <laughs> no. lot of popular songs in flash dance, but I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Maybe. Hated growing up. Um, I should give a shout out to my friend Adam since it is the year of anniversary of his passing, and he did the soundtrack record for um, that thing you do, and that is really a fun soundtrack record and, and a, a really good original song. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do an honorable mention of that thing you do in honor of Adam. That was, I think that was a pretty good exhaustive list. Very exhaustive. Uh, You you will find a full list of our picks in the notes of this podcast. So you you can download them. We should, we should get a affiliate fee from Apple Music. We should get an affiliate fee. I think so. I'm actually going to talk to them about that. We promote a lot of, uh, we do. We're keeping music alive. 
even if spotify has destroyed music the music business we've (laughs) we're slowly keeping it alive and doing it in our own way um so should we go into our favorite segment let's do it Would you like to start with a sad or a happy song? By the way, the reason why I picked these two are not only the song, but I love the video. So whoever's uh, listening to this, you gotta watch. Don't see the visual for these are great. Well, we should probably end on an upbeat. So let's start with the sad, and then we'll end. We'll put everybody in a happy mood afterwards. Okay. So this is my sad. So this is sad on so many different levels to me. Number one, it's Five Dog. Posthumously doing a song, a record, as his tribute to Jay Dilla, who's also no longer and, with us, right? and he's talking about Jay Dilla and meeting him in heaven and all that stuff, and it's probably happening now. So it There's really, really struck good hip hop up in heaven. I'm telling you right now, man, for sure. I mean, and in hell, Scott Rock is probably <laughs> DJing. Yeah, <laughs> both it's a good party. Big Bank Hank just dropped by for. <laughs> <laughs> to hang out. <laughs> All, right. All right. So let's let's see what this uh this is like. I think it's playing. It's, it's, it's winking right now. It's playing. Dilador had a dream about you, fam. It's 2005. We in the same hospital room. You on one side, I'm on the other. I'm stressed out. But what gave me motivation is you pulling out that Chicago MP, Bulls are beating Knicks by Banging out some bangers as usual. I know, right? <laughs> Nothing ever fazed you, fam. And for that, Let's I miss go. you. Great song. I, I really like the, the lyrics are, are so good. And he tells this beautiful story in the video. It's beautiful because a lot of Jay Dillon is his mom and holding his baby pick and them in the hospital room together is just so surreal. Both That's good. So my next song, I don't know if the song is so happy, but I love the video. The video like makes me smile. So I'm just gonna share this really quick. All right. Yeah, so it, it's got a little bit of a these things always set up to it but it's so the song is called stay high and i was going to use it for our, our song about songs about weed but i'm not sure if it's about weed you can see it's by Brittany howard from alabama shakes and it's terry cruz terry cruz is in it Like it. The reason why I like it, Terry Crews sings the whole song. It's him singing Brittany Howard. In the I video. freaking love that. I just thought of a, something that I wanted to share with my, our audience and with you. My brother just had a birthday, and oh, I was trying to think of something birthday. special to get to get him. And I remembered that we both grew up loving Sugar Hill Gang rappers' delight. And then I remembered that you can go on this website Cameo and get some of your favorite artists to record birthday recordings for you. So I typed in Big Bang Hank. No, I didn't type. I typed in Wonder Mike. Didn't come up. Then I typed in Master G. And for $100, 
I got him to record this little ditty. And this is Master BG. And if you watch this on YouTube, you will also see the video. But here, here we go. David. What's Dave. up? This is the M-A-S, the T-E-R, the G with a double E. This is your boy, man. It's the Master G. And I understand on March 24th, you're going to be the big five O. I I said a hip hop, the hippie to the hippie, the hip hip a hop. You don't stop the rock until the bang, bang, boogie set up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie to beat. Now what you hear is not a test. I'm a rapping to the beat. And me, Mike, and the crew going to try to move your feet. Now, Master G wants to say to thee a happy, happy 50th birthday and a bucket to the rhythm. The rhythm don't stop. The rock to the rhythm. It just don't stop. Skiddle-bee-bop, we rock. Scooby-doo. Guess what? Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Dude, that was I great. Mean, That's 100 that kind bucks? Of 100 bucks for that? Best? That's like the oh best thing I ever got him. That's fucking gold. That was, that was considered the greatest birthday present. Somebody actually just a little tip. I think for a little more, Dougie Fresh will do one for you, and he does a really good one. Cameo for your for all those people out there who are – and, you know, it's such a great birthday present because you, you can also share it on social, and everybody thinks you're the man. I love And it. the woman. That was awesome. Yeah. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I, 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 I just – yeah, I think I just gave Cameo. This episode brought to you by Cameo. Yeah, Cameo, yeah, please. Be, why don't they be a sponsor? <laughs> well, that was a great – episode uh i am and it's, and it's 420 it's 420 <laughs> we should do a four first oh so, i'm wearing a perfect shirt for that too i don't know if i shared it with the audience yet oh yeah it's, show your shirt it says it's got cheech and chong and it says hands off my stash yep you know, chong is pulling cheech's stash yeah so for those who didn't see it no. <laughs> it's a stash it's a double <laughs> entendre yes double yeah that's a little double entendre all right, Len, another oh, brilliant show. Keep it real. Let's not try to impress people. Uh, we'll yes. just keep it true to ourselves. What we like is good enough. Yeah, and Dad, if you're listening to this, I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Alex. <laughs> All right, peace. Everything is personal. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on PodConX and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.